This is Curious Minnesota, a Star Tribune project that sends staff from the state's largest newsroom hunting for the answers to great questions we receive from you, our readers. Questions like, why does everyone love to Haiti Dinah? How does Minnesota have so many Fortune 500 companies? What's the story behind Minnesota Nice? We're here to answer everything you want to know about the state's people, places, and culture. Welcome to Curious Minnesota. I'm your host, Eric Roper. Let's take a brief walk down memory lane today to the first time you visited downtown Minneapolis. What did you notice? If it was in the last half century, chances are you spent some time peering up at the second story tubes, the skyways that practically define life in downtown. You may have even gone searching in some strange building for an elevator, an escalator, anything to get upstairs into this fascinating labyrinth. They can be vexing for newcomers, but many office workers wouldn't live without skyways. And yet they're controversial for robbing people and businesses from downtown sidewalks. Today we're going to learn about how the system got its start. But first, we headed out to the Skyway at the Minneapolis Convention Center to hear what people there think of this one-of-a-kind urban space. It is very helpful to avoid being freezing. Navigating through it is like so difficult sometimes, but you get used to it after a while. You can't see outside, and so sometimes it is hard to know where you are. But I've been walking them now for eight years and really, really enjoy them. I work downtown, I work in the Skyways, and I love it. I just feel like I can get around anywhere, avoid the cold. It's great. As a kid, I used to love running around in them. I mean, they felt like a big maze to try to figure out where you're at. Now as an adult, I feel like all the people I see, I'm like not important enough. Everyone looks so important in their suits and on their cell phones. I don't get down here that often. So as you can see, what I have in my hand is a map that I got over at the Hyatt so that I could get myself over to the IES. And even with that, I've probably been lost two or three times, as you can see from all the squiggles. So I'm hoping there's a piece of cheese at the end of that maze. I'm here with Emma Dill, who wrote wrote this story while an intern with us in 2019. Now, Emma, for people who are not paying attention, or maybe they're paying attention, but they don't know much about downtown Minneapolis, what is a Skyway? Because we have a very unique urban thing here, right? Yeah. So Skyways are a series of second floor walkways that crisscross downtown Minneapolis. Currently, there are eight miles of Skyways throughout downtown, and it is one of the largest continuous Skyway systems in the world. Wow. Okay. So, you know, now we know we have this big system and people kind of take it for granted, but we got to go back in time to the first Skyway. So before we get the first Skyway, we got to, it's the 1950s, sort of set the stage for us because, you know, for about a hundred years, downtown Minneapolis was the main center of all activity in the region. What's going on in the 50s? Yeah. So in the mid 1950s, businesses were kind of fleeing from downtown Minneapolis into the suburbs. So in 1955, General Mills left downtown town for Golden Valley. And then in 1956, Southdale Mall opened in Edina. And Southdale was kind of a turning point for downtown stores because it was the first climate-controlled enclosed shopping center in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Um, So it really drew shoppers out to the suburbs instead of having them shop in these stores in downtown Minneapolis. Right. In contrast to these photos we see in the 1940s where there's just hordes of crowds downtown. I mean, that was kind of the epicenter, right? So Mm -hmm. enter Leslie 
Leslie Park. Who is this Leslie Park? Leslie Park is a real estate developer with Baker Properties, and he was credited with coming up with the idea for the first Skyway system. And he kind of developed this idea in 1959 when they were developing the North Star Center. And the first Skyway linked the North Star Center with Northwestern Bank and was completed in 1962. Was the idea that we need to compete with sort of the Southdale of the world, or maybe Southdale in particular? Yeah, so essentially the idea was to try to draw shoppers back downtown and to kind of provide them with the same experience that they would be getting at Southdale. Some people, however, were concerned that these second floor walkways would draw shoppers away from the first floor businesses that had been kind of the big money makers of that time. But Park and some other developers also saw the Skyways as an opportunity to sell space on the second floor that usually was kind of hard to sell because Mm -hmm. the second floor doesn't really have a great view and it's also close enough to the street that it still has kind of the traffic and noise. So it's kind of has two kind of negatives that people don't really want to purchase that space. And when you were reporting on this, um, you know, there was a city planner with Minneapolis who posed that there was another uh, motivation here having to do with pedestrian safety, right? Right. So in the 1950s, the streets of Minneapolis were really congested and there were just lots of cars kind of going through downtown. The freeway system had yet to develop around the city. So basically, Minnesotans had to drive through downtown Minneapolis, regardless of where they were headed throughout the state. So city planners developed the skyways, at least this planner kind of was saying, as a way to prevent car pedestrian crashes and to kind of take pedestrians up off of the street level onto the second story. Mm -hmm. And we actually found a story in our archives from 1959 where there was some plans sent to the Planning Commission of Minneapolis. And there's a great little quote in here, and it says, At present, the man on foot has run squarely into the bias of our society, which requires that the automobile be accommodated first, then the pedestrian. So interesting. And, you know, this is something we hear nowadays a lot. And and we maybe don't talk very much about sort of the Skyway impacts on pedestrian safety downtown, but I would imagine it has some some effect. So 19, when, when is the first Skyway open? So the first Skyway open, in 1962, and it connects the North Star Center with Northwestern Bank. And can we still go visit that one? No, unfortunately, that one was demolished in the construction of the current Wells Fargo building. Mm -hmm. But since that 1962 construction, people liked the Skyways and it kind of spread from there. Okay, so then we have to fast forward another six or seven years. We've got late 60s, this new thing, the IDS Tower, which is still the largest building in downtown Minneapolis, is starting to get planned. Now, what's unique about this new building that they're planning? So the IDS actually incorporated the Skyway design on each of its four sides. So the building of the IDS was kind of a turning point in the Skyway system because it essentially turned the Skyways into a system instead of just a second floor walkway between two buildings. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, moving into present day, I mean, there's been some arguments in recent years. Eric Dayton, the governor's son, has kind of raised the question, sort of like what those business owners were talking about in the 50s about it, taking vitality 
off the street and the negative impact of Skyways. He had a challenge for people a couple of years ago to avoid Skyways, and he was giving them uh, stickers, and there was a little um, sort of card that you got, Skyway Avoidance Society. So there's, you know, there's sort of this view, well, maybe they do sort of suck life out of the streets. Visitors maybe don't know what how to get in and how to get out, but once you get in there, what do you think? Is it is it worthwhile? Do you, do you enjoy the experience walking in the Skyway? Yeah, once you find a way into the Skyways, I really enjoy it. First of all, it's warmer. Obviously, we have really cold winters here in Minnesota, so you don't have to wear your jacket in the Skyways. It's a good way to escape the weather. And I think it's also faster to get kind of from point A to point B than walking on the sidewalk or mm-hmm. across the street. But there's a, the interesting thing to me is before you know, it's very confusing, right? How do you get in this building? Yeah, definitely. The IDS is a great example, perhaps, of the one that's the most obvious. It's so connected down to the street. Now, speaking of that, I mean, so Minneapolis has very unique skyways. Each one is kind of its own thing. The second skyway is still around, right? Which one is that? Right. So that one connects the North Star Building with the Roanoke Building. And that opened in 1963. So just a year after the first one was constructed and opened. So if we leave here and we go walk through that, what we might observe about it? What's going to be different, do you think? Yeah, so the early skyways were pretty narrow. Um, One source for this story described them as being claustrophobic because they were kind of the early iterations and the city planners and developers like Park didn't really know how to design them for pedestrians. But as the system grew, they became wider and more pedestrian friendly. Mm -hmm. And in Minneapolis, they're sort of part of the architecture in the sense that they're all a little different. What about in St. Paul? Right. So the difference between the skyways in St. Paul and Minneapolis is the ones in St. Paul are public. So they're owned by the city and therefore they kind of blend in with the rest of the buildings. But in Minneapolis, because they're owned privately by the buildings that they connect, um, they really have their own unique flair and they kind of emphasize the architecture of the buildings themselves. Mm -hmm. When I have people visiting Minneapolis who've never been here, I always say whether you're for them or against them, I think you have to come downtown at lunchtime on a weekday and just see the beehive of activity in the skyways because it's really such a unique part of what makes Minneapolis Minneapolis I think nowadays right yeah yeah definitely well Emma well thank you so much for coming in I feel like we learned a lot today about one of the most recognizable features about our city so thank you so much for researching this and talking to us a bit today Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Before we go, I want to try out an experiment for a future episode. In a couple of weeks, I will be talking to my colleague John Reinen about why everyone loves to Haiti Dinah, an article he wrote for Curious Minnesota. Do you love the Haiti Dinah? Well, you should drop us a line. You can use the voice recorder app on your phone to record a brief message explaining why and then email it to curious at startribune.com. We may feature it on a future episode. Thanks for your help. Thanks for listening to Curious Minnesota. We want to hear from you. Ask questions and read more stories online at startribune.com backslash curious. Our show is recorded at the Star Tribune's headquarters in beautiful downtown Minneapolis. And our music is produced by Matt Gilmer. If you like the show, please rate us on iTunes or leave a review. And until next time, stay curious.